Yo, yo. Welcome to the End Zone Club, where we have conversations that are designed to push you from walking in potential to fulfilling your purpose and introducing, introducing, introducing our host, Anthony Mitchell. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everybody? You know, if you hear the sound of my voice, that means we are back. Fresh off the press with conversations about things we know now that, of course, I wish I knew when I was your age. Yo, 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 these conversations are designed to push us from walking in potential to actually fulfilling our purpose. But let's let the beat ride out. Anyway, guys, this is your host, Anthony Mitchell, host of the End Zone Club podcast, where we come at you guys twice a week. With conversations about things we know now that we wish we knew when we were your age. Uh, lately, I've been on a string where I have had a lot of phenomenal special guests with me in the building. But today, I wanted to keep it very short. So I had to go solo dolo. It's <sighs> a mouthpiece. Typically, by now, I've already dropped advertisements and words from our sponsors. But I just wanted to honestly come at you guys from my heart to yours. And in order to do that, I wanted to cut all the theatrics out and jump straight into it. But first of all, good morning, evening, afternoon. How is everybody? Is everybody okay? All right, let me cue the music. By me cueing this music, that means that I now get to calm down a little bit and come at you guys a little less aggressive. But I wanted to start this episode off with the phrasing of a question. And that question being, have you ever had success after failure? Meaning, have you ever went after something that you did not achieve at the first time? Maybe the second time. Maybe it's something you were passionate about. Maybe there's something that you have really looked forward to doing that when you got a chance to actually get your hands on it the first time you weren't successful. Last night, I had an opportunity of bringing my kids to a full-out production casting for basically a replica play. Now, you guys know that as kids are growing up, it's very good to keep them encouraged and also to keep them very active in different facets of activity. One of the reasons we take our kids and we put them in different facets of activity is we have a proclivity of believing that whatever we expose our kids to to now that it will make them more fulfilled and more apt to be able to deal with life kind of people down the road a lot of us a lot of us never had an opportunity from a young age of being in plays or doing things thankfully I did and I understood the tenets that I gained from being involved with plays from learning things like public speaking learning how to overcome fears of speaking in front of people, also learning how to let down my guard and to let the real me flourish as God presents opportunities of advancement through gifts. 
In my church growing up, we would often do plays and various theatrical performances, whether they had you in the youth choir, whether you were a musician, whether you were just the one who served and helped pick up paper and, you know, picked up tables and put tables up, those sorts of things. By keeping you busy, it was teaching you how to be multifaceted at life. A lot of these virtues being virtues that I have used as I've gotten older. Now, as we've gotten older and we're teaching our kids these same things, my kids brought to us an opportunity to do a play and they were excited about it. However, it required them to have to audition for a part. Something my kids have done before is yes, they've been in various school plays leading up to this time, but this is probably the biggest part they had ever been in and because they were so excited in their mind somehow they probably didn't know how many people would also be hoping to get cast into some of the same roles that they were in so we go in they do their parts you know first you first let me rewind it they you come in you have to sign various forms of media releases press releases health releases you know basically giving your kids the opportunity to be able to shine in this production or at least to do their parts and then numbers are assigned and correspondent numbers are placed on the paper. That way they don't mix up who is who when these kids are finally given their chance to shine. So <clears throat> my middle girl, she was super excited. She looked forward to it. She practiced her song. She practiced her hand placement and platform deportment and she just knew she was going to come in and do her best. Now, as the production goes on, it's very apparent that there are other kids there that maybe have done these particular roles before. Not saying it gives them an advantage, but they have done this before. They're very familiar with the production. They know the, the stage hands. They know the producers, the directors. They know everything. And it shows in their level of confidence and voice projection as they do their parts. Um, because there were so many kids doing it they allowed us to basically leave after your kids do their part and then later on that night or first thing in the morning they were going to produce a list which put all the kids in their place this morning I woke up and my daughter was crying this main role that she thought she was hopefully going to get didn't go to her it went to somebody else. However, she was still a part of the production, which honestly, she didn't want to give me. She wanted exactly what she wanted. And as a father, I got a chance to comfort her and just provide stories from my own experience. Because as a dad, yes, I have been in that point before, but I told this story to basically circle back around. I want to hear from some of you guys how did you handle failure? As a parent, you know, my heart yearns for my kids to have opportunities that I never had. As a parent, it's like my desire is for my kids to walk in every door that is afforded to them and for them to own the day. But I realize as a parent that you're not going to always have everything handed to you, even when you work for things, even when you followed 
All of the three steps that many of us think, hey, if you do this like this, success instantly comes. Sometimes success does not come to you just because you follow a three-step process. It is inevitable that sometimes along your path, you were not instantly going to have things come your way. And I think, I think, I think that that is important because to the adult that has gone through childhood and that has had everything go their way, that has never been tried, that has never walked through any fire or temptation and trial of life, when you finally experience life for what it's worth, you'll realize I don't have the roots to properly withstand my storm. I don't have the intestinal fortitude or wherewithal to see myself getting through this projection. So rewinding back in my story, going back to my conversation with my daughter, I brought her back, you know, I brought her back in time when I was involved as a high school student doing um, various national competitions. I was involved, like most nerds are, with um, various social clubs, DECA, you know, uh, Skills USA, um, what's some more, Beta Club, National Honor Society. And one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I, um, y'all like that song? Let me change this up. Let me go more to something preachy. There we go. That sounds more mystic. But anyway, I was involved with different student organizations. And one of the caveats I had coming from a smaller town was we felt like if you wanted to make it in life, you had to position yourself in the hands of others. And when I mean hands of others, that means you have to do some other things outside of just doing well in the classroom. But you have to put yourself out there so that people can see you. And hopefully by your exposure, it'll open up scholarship opportunities. And I remember my first year making it to national competition in Skills USA. Matter of fact, you can Google Anthony Mitchell Skills USA and the national organization did a podcast couple years back and I talked about that experience but you're with the top one percent of high school and college students in the United States Virgin Islands Guam Puerto Rico and the Commonwealth you're with these guys and when you're from a small town that's only got 7,000 people and you're in the same room competing for the same things as people from bigger high schools that have all kinds of funding, like the Philadelphias, the L.A.'s, um, some of the bigger places, it can be intimidating to step in that same room and feel like you deserve the same opportunities they've got. I had a very country instructor. He was country. Man, he was country is what we call here in the South as a sugar sandwich. <laughs> but there was a principle that he gave me and he always told me in whatever room you are in, feel like you own it. And even if you fail, learn where you failed at and get better in that area. So he was very critical of me leading up to this point and I felt like it was personal like all this advice this man is always giving me and I'm improving on this and then he gives me something else my myopic view as a young person was I didn't see what he saw in me 
Shout out to Mr. Darnell Ramsher. I also shouted him out in the magazine and the podcast that came with my magazine feature because he had a profound effect. But as I got on that national stage and I'm competing against the top individual from each state in my perspective field, I realized what he was preparing me for. He was an older man. He had seen these things before. I hadn't. And the first thing that wanted to envelop me was fear because you're standing in front of judges. You're presenting something to them. They never smile at you until you mess up. But the competition is close. So my first year, I didn't even place in the top 10. They only judged really you have to compete, the top 50 compete. And then from there, they take the top eight and the top eight vie for the top three spots. So if you don't, if you don't place in the top eight or 10 of your competition, you don't know where you placed. You just know you, you were in the best in the nation, but you weren't in the top of the top. So my first year, I get in there, I do my competition. Needless to say, I didn't place. But I was a fly on the wall even after my competition. I sat in the back of a couple of demonstrations and I watched their presentations and I saw how much more advanced they were than I was in various areas of judging. So what I did was I took that information, took it back home to small town Mississippi and I started incorporating more smiling more fluid movements, more knowing how to engage my crowd and get people involved, more knowing how to sometimes let my speech talk for itself versus me over-talking myself and not being able to land any talking points with the judges. As I begin to incorporate these, I, I would go back to this national stage multiple times each year, climbing up in my rankings to the final year I competed. I, there was a three way tie for first place. I ended up taking seven, second place in the nation in my competition. But in that time, I learned a lot. And as I was learning, my confidence increased, my self esteem Increase my belief that it's not about where you are, but it's about how much do you believe in yourself? We used to often be told it's not about the size of the dog in the fight, but the fight in the dog. So from that experience, I was able to look my daughter in the face as well as her mother. My wife did as well and let her know that every room you step in, I want you to look at that competition and make them feel intimidated that you were in the room because you deserve to be here. You practiced. You don't take failure as a second option. Failure is not not reaching your goal the first time, but it's because you didn't reach your desired altitude. You stay grounded on the ground and you never decide to take another gander at how far, how much higher you can rise the next time. In this house we believe. How do we deal with those signs? As a Christian, it can be difficult to respond to those. And how do we biblically and lovingly respond to those claims? Well, coming up on January 31st, you will get to see an interview with Rebecca McLaughlin. I will be interviewing her, asking her about her book, the Secular Creed is a book that covers these claims, and I have some extra questions for her. Come check it out on January 31st.